fascinating how we can pop up certain stories and literally make theologies out of that one yeah. thing. I mean, what what was so um, unhealthy about it was that certain cultural practices which were brought in, which nothing wrong with any of the cultural practices, but they were made into religious practices. Right. Um, and suddenly it became, this is the only way to go. Right. Welcome, Wanderer. Thank you for joining me, Cecile, and me, Tato, in interrogating and deciphering our formation, our beliefs, and all the ideas that have influenced and shaped our faith. Whether we're dissecting our ever-growing faith, contending for what we believe, or discussing how we have come to believe what we believe, we want to invite you to join in on our journey of rediscovering our faith. Welcome. Welcome. Hey guys, welcome Wanderers. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hi. Hey, we've got a voice on the line. (laughs) Guys, welcome Wanderers. So, if you guys were here for a previous podcast, we spoke about a few practices that we as the body of Christ hold as doctrine, but um, as we take a deeper look at scripture, we find that it's not really aligned or the doctrines that we hold are not aligned with scripture. Um, and at times we find that those uh, practices are more of a church culture than a Jesus teaching. Mm-hmm. So today we wanted to build on that. We've invited someone uh, Look at to us come and share their story of a church experience and a background of how they grew up in that church and the experience of the dogma and the doctrine or the culture and the practices of the previous church. So we are so excited. Drum roll, please. Cece, can you drum roll, please? For us? Wow, amazing. Yeah, nice. Skills, skills. <laughs> we have our very first guest, guys. Yeah. Welcome, Eva. Oh, wow, I'm the first. You are the first leadership wow. pioneer. A pioneer. Wow. A whole pioneer. Yes, I would have been... believe this. <laughs> Wow, thanks for not no telling pressure. me because I would have been even more nervous if I knew the first one. Wow. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, the pressure's on. Thanks Don't let Cece fool you. You have to be the best. <laughs> Kidding. Wow. So, well, so excited to have me. you on the podcast, Yvold. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Wow, this is, this is big. The first one, hopefully the first of many. Yes, um, great Yeah. So maybe to start off the, with the people, you could just let us know who you are, what you're about. Let the people know who you are. Let the wanderers know. So as, as you know, my name is Evo, as you said. Um, so basically, I, I don't know, I grew up in a church and you'll hear my story a bit later. Um, and uh, once I left that church, um, I've always had like my first, kind of thought and desire was always about God and to please God. And I mean, that wasn't always very healthy as you'll hear, but um, I've always had a very pastoral heart. Um, and so once I left the church that I grew up in, I realized I actually know nothing about the Bible, even though I've grown up like being bashed by the Bible of my head during my whole childhood. And so I came uh, to, to study in a, in a, in a seminary. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in theology and then pastored a, a few churches on the way to burning out. Um, 
moved overseas for a few years just to do something totally different. Everyone thought we were going to be missionaries, but we weren't. We just went to go and teach English in Asia. Um, had a blast for a few years and then came back to South Africa and joined another church as an associate pastor, um, an Anglican church, which I grew up in an interdenominational church and then studied at, in a Baptist seminary and was in Baptist churches. So being part of the Anglican church was a whole new experience, um, a very good experience. Um, I really love the Anglican church um, and how welcoming it is of everyone. And I discovered uh, liturgical worship, which I am, seems to be my, my primary way of connecting with God and worship. Um, and so now I am a facilitator at SJLA. I don't know if uh, you guys have told people about SJLA. We've mentioned um, it so many times. The people who have. <laughs> the most awesome space ever. Come on. Uh, I'm very, very excited about SJLA. It's extremely challenging, but such an ex exciting place to be. And I am a pastoral counselor. And uh, my wife and me, we debrief people, particularly um, people with trauma, secondary trauma, people working in very difficult places with particularly people like refugees, you know. So, yeah, that's a very shortened kind of... <laughs> you mentioned um, that your thing now is like liturgical worship. I just want you to quickly clarify what that is in case some of our listeners don't know what that is. So, I mean, liturgy is, is something which has come over hundreds, if not thousands of years through the church. Um, so, for instance, the, the Apostles' Creed uh, is part of, part of uh, liturgy. So in the Anglican Church, we have different parts of liturgy. We have, for instance, the, the, the Lord's Supper is part of the, the, the liturgy, which uh, there are certain things which, which are said, um, prayers which are prayed. And the whole, you know, what I love about it is that, for instance, the whole Anglican Church on a Sunday, you know, will be praying these prayers, will, will, be, will be saying these creeds, uh, will be, you know, confessing um, in, in a certain way. Um, and so it's just, a, it's a form of speaking to God, reminding ourselves who God is, reminding ourselves who we are in the, in the light, of, in light of that, um, and praising God for, for who he is and, and, and what he does. Yes. You just explained to us the very many experiences that you've had with the church or the different churches. Mm -hmm. You said Baptist somewhere there. You've mentioned Anglican. Yeah. So maybe for starters, we can maybe speak about your childhood church, uh, the one that you yeah. grew up in. What was yeah. your experience like in that church? Yeah. So, I mean, just to, just to start off, and, and uh, you guys know, um, Ceci and, and Tato, you guys know that my intention here is not to, you know, just any churches or speak badly about anyone. Yeah, my intention absolutely. is to speak about my experience and how it how it impacted and affected me. Um, so I was born into into this church. Um, it's it's quite a big church. There's a lot of things that they do in different spaces, and I was born into this church um, uh, as a as a member as. You might call it the inner circle of, of this church. So there's mm -hmm. kind of almost different circles because of, of what they do. Um, and so I was born kind of into the, the inner circle of this church. Um, and from, I can remember, I was always part of the church until the age of about 27. Um, I was part of the church. So it, the church has 
it, it's like a mission. And so it has space where a lot of people stay on, on this mission. For some parts of my childhood stayed there, for some parts didn't stay there. Uh, for instance, they have a school there and I, I was in the school uh, for, for part of my, my schooling. And so, yeah. So I mean, your whole like life basic... was in this compound, was in this church? School, Not in the compound. Life. Sometimes part of the compound, sometimes living like a few hundred kilometers away. But basically life was controlled by being part of this church. Like even if you were far away, there were certain ways that meant that we were always, even if we weren't in the physical property, we were always, in my words, trapped into the ways and, and, and the actions of how this church did things. And I mean, it must be said, I, as someone who has a very high regard, and maybe it's based on fear, but a very high regard for, for God and, and, and what he thinks of me, I think it, it impacted the, me maybe more than it would have impacted other people. So as you were saying that you grew up in that church, everything that you did was controlled. You felt trapped in that environment. You had to live as the church um, organized in their structure, in their culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are some of the practices that the church that you were part of held as the teachings of the Bible or yeah. as um, doctrine? Yeah. I mean, you know, primarily the first thing that stands out um, as to one of the doctrines is the whole doctrine of, of sin. Sin was almost the central tenet of everything we believed. And our whole aim in life was to a not sin and b if you sin confess that sin now confessing the sin wasn't just as easy as saying oh lord please forgive me you actually had to go to a person um, and you had to confess your sin to that person so kind of like a confession you know but like the way i i took it was that if i didn't confess every single sin that i've ever done i was going to hell so that was the, the, and we can come back to maybe how it impacted me, but that was the central thing was sin. And then flowing on from that was this, this whole idea of purity, particularly purity in the area between relationships between genders. And so people got married in a, in a set way. If you didn't get married in, in that way, then, then you were sinning, you know? Um, and, you know, you couldn't have contact with people of a different gender un un unless they were family or, you know, cousins or, or something like that. Those were central tenets of theology growing up. And there were other things that flowed from that, but it basically was built around that. And, you know, I, I think looking back and, and seeing the history of the place, I don't think the intention was to start with, with harmful practices, but what happened was that some people experienced certain things, and when they saw that it worked for them, as time went on, that became law. That became, well, if this worked for us, if this way of getting married worked for us, if this way of confessing sin worked for us, then it has to work for everyone for all time, and this is God's best way. I mean, after having left, I realized that, you know, there was in some ways a very strong African cultural influence, a very strong European cultural influence. And there was the mixture of these two, then, which then became, in inverted commas, biblical 
Um, but I think the thing that that was so damaging was that this became biblical culture and literally the rest of the world is doing it wrong and are in danger of hellfire because they aren't getting married in this specific way. Do you perhaps, I'm just curious to find out if you have a, a scripture example of how that practice was emphasized or supported by scripture. Well, uh, you mean the, the, the marriage part? Yeah, or, or just the way of doing it and just saying that the rest of the world is doing it wrong and this is how it should be done if it was supported by scripture in any way. Well, I mean, very strong was the whole idea of um, Abraham sending his servant to go and get Rebecca as a wife for Isaac. It was Rebecca, right? Um, yeah, I was yeah. the next generation on Rebecca. Um, <clears throat> so that I remember in my head was almost the central scripture uh, taught in support of, of this. But then, you know, other scriptures would come in, for instance, Paul exhorting uh, people to purity. You know, so any of the of the purity passages in the Bible would, would be a strong support for this. So, you know, a, as you can hear, it's a certain version of purity. But when the word purity occurred anyway, this was the thing that would be in our head, um, which is part, partly why uh, it, for me, my upbringing was so unhealthy was because we got taught certain ways of viewing what the Bible said. And so when a word is said, automatically you think about the word in a certain way. Um, and, and it doesn't mean anything different but that. Um, for me, I know the, the most foundational uh, scriptural story for this would be the whole story of Isaac and how he, he got a wife. Um, yeah. I find that fascinating how we can prop up certain stories and literally make theologies out of yeah. that one one example that one yeah. thing i mean what what was so so i think um unhealthy about it was that certain cultural practices which were brought in which nothing wrong with any of the cultural practices but they were made into religious practices right. um, and suddenly it became this is the only way to god right um, yeah um, and i feel like and, we've seen I mean, that before right yeah. so many times yeah. yeah and it's a whole thing that starts in one place and ends up in a very bad place and and you can just see the flow of it as you as you see the history of of what's happened um yeah so Evel, you mentioned earlier the whole thing of how you know sometimes we take these cultural elements and then we just kind of like uphold it as gospel right and, yeah, I, and, yeah. and i always find that conversation so fascinating um because i mean what i always say personally is that i think I think Christianity, there's something about Christianity when it comes into a particular space that says, let go of certain things and yeah. take on something new, right? And I think that's yeah. what we see in the, in the Bible, the way, the way I, I read it, yeah. the way I read what yeah. Jesus, you know, Jesus says, you have heard it said, this is what I say. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in, like historically, particularly if we're talking about our context for South Africa and the missionaries and colonialism and all that kind of stuff, what we've seen, you know, there's certain things when it comes to Christianity and culture, there's certain things that, you know, Christianity will say, you know, in any culture, whether it's white, quote unquote, white yeah, culture yeah, or culture, yeah, whatever, where it will say completely yeah, go off, actually, yeah, let go yeah. and, and take on my, my mantle or whatever. Yeah. And there's things that from that culture can be redeemed into yeah. the faith, you know, yeah. but unfortunately what we saw in, with Christianity, you know, with, and colonialism, the missionary movement is every single part of African culture was demonized, right? Yeah, yeah, there yeah, wasn't anything yeah. that was saying, you know, <laughs> take this or, or let's redeem this. The clothing yeah. was demonized. The, yeah. you know, uh, 
every cultural custom, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I always find that that interesting, and and you know, hearing you say that also on the inverse, and how sometimes we we can take whether it's from any culture, and we can kind of uphold it and make that God. Yeah. That's where the issue is. Maybe yeah. I'm speaking to that yeah. for a bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, in my experience and in, in my upbringing, what happened was um, that whatever helped the narrative of the leadership of the church was accepted and used so whether it was from european culture or from african culture or from whatever culture it was um whatever helped the narrative of of leadership was the thing that was used so uh, i mean you might call it a positive thing that you know african culture wasn't demonized and so in some ways like when it came to relationship between uh, between genders, African culture was used because European culture is a lot more or was seen as a lot more liberal than African culture. And so that was used in, in, in like in, in that space, you know. Um, and so it was a bit different. I agree with you 100% that African culture was demonized during the colonial era and it was extremely one of the most damaging parts of, of colonialism. In my context, um, it was slightly different in that any part of the different cultures was taken and used um, for what was so needed someone for just, the community. Yeah, for, to, to, for their own power, essentially, right? Yeah, like it's yeah, not in service exactly. to anything but yeah. tech tech. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it was also interesting where, for instance, there was just a huge kind of like uh, you know the whole thing of of ancestors in the African culture was was definitely demonized hugely. But what's interesting is that people, especially people who passed away within the community, were held in high regard. And you know things that they had said was brought back. You know, like this person said this, and and again that strengthened the culture of of the church. And so you see like hints of the whole the African culture coming through, even though that part of African culture was demonized to the extreme. It was probably one of the, the most extremely kind of like you know, ancestors that's wrong, that's the worst thing, you, you know. Um, and yet that was, that was kind of like hints of that came through in, in, in strength, strengthening the culture of, of the community of the church. Yeah, I, I think um, I would, I think for me, I would more importantly love to to share like what kind of like what to look out for. To look out for, um, yeah. Um, okay. And so, getting into it, um, I think one of one of the most important things to look out for is if a community or a church starts um, kind of like uh, only focusing on one area of faith, and by that I'm not talking about a church who's who who who's who's part of their their DNA is is to to help the oppressed or to help the poor like that that that's different to having this thing like for me growing up it was all about sin you know and and one verse was used that verse in James where it said confess your sins to one another um, and so it picking one doctrine or one idea and focusing almost exclusively on that idea. I see you thinking. Um, my question, um, but I was going to say, if also you mentioned mm -hmm. how, you know, people 
um, you understand why people don't like, you know, institutionalized religion and all that mm. kind of stuff, right? Given given what you've experienced, and and it really sounds harrowing. So how, why are you still convinced about Jesus? What is it like? Well, how how are you still involved in the church, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? And of course, you are in this journey with us with SGLA as one of the facilitators, and you said multiple times in that forum that you know this is a very new and refreshing experience of yeah, faith. Yeah, yeah. So there's something in you that's still kind of like stuck it out with Jesus. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I'd like to know what and church, I guess. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to know what that is. And and because I because I think I think that could help some of us who are also struggling with yeah. some of these things. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, I think why I've I've you know, as you said, stuck it out with Jesus. I think he's more stuck it out with me. But the picture of Jesus being the well, if Jesus is the face of God, then he's a God that I desperately would love to know more you know um this 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 god who who decided he was going to come to earth and be just a, a normal person living in in poverty and you know he could have if we're going to be simplistic he could have chosen wherever he was going to locate himself in history and he chose to locate himself in uh, an oppressed nation uh, at a time when they were almost oppressed, like like the most that they've ever been oppressed. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Jesus just is is a picture of a God who I want to know. Um, uh, you know, and and if I look at the world around me, I can see how a God like that is building a kingdom. Um, the things that he said were. You know, I wish I could have been, well, I probably wouldn't have believed him back then, but, you know, they were so groundbreaking and so earth shattering. He changed almost the, he changed the way that humanity kind of like acts and, 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 and forms itself into communities. And so I don't have a very spiritual answer to why Jesus, I just see this person and I, I want to know him more, basically. Wow. That's amazing, Evald. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for being so gracious to me um, and for being like two hip and happening young women being willing to spend time with this old guy. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Um, thank you very much for allowing me to, to just tell my story uh, in the way that I felt comfortable. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. A very hip and happening old guy. Old guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Have a good evening.